Happy New Year. Welcome. Look at you being faithful starting off the new year, listening to the Word of God. Welcome, everybody, and I just want to say Happy New Year to you. And I don't know what 2021 is going to hold, but I know who holds 2021. And I pray that things change, but if 2021 doesn't change, I will. Best believe I will. Is there anybody who has that outlook? I'm going to change even if you don't. I'm going to change even if you don't. I am absolutely excited. First of all, I want to give a huge thank you to YouVersion Bible. They have allowed me and graced me to be the verse of the day. If you open up your YouVersion Bible app, if you do not have the YouVersion Bible app, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, but in the story section, it is your brother articulating to you and exegeting John chapter 15, verse 5. And I just want to say thank you for just allowing me to speak to God's people and everybody who has been texting, messaging, emailing. Oh, my God, I saw you. Oh, my God, I saw crying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much for all of your prayers. It is amazing what God could do when you give him your yes. So I have a word on the night. We are launching a new series. Is anybody ready for this? We are launching a new series, and I'm also going to give you more information you're going to see after this sermon about a corporate fast that our church is doing that I really, really want you to participate in. We're starting on January the 8th. That is this coming Friday. And I really want you to participate um, in this fast because I believe fasting is one of the ways we can activate another level of our supernatural strength. And it also strengthens us to turn down the volume of our flesh. So let's get to work. Can I get everybody put in the room? Happy New Year. Glad to see you. You made it. You crossed over. You a survivor. Happy New Year to you. And let's get to work. Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Um, we're going to launch our reading at verse 26. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. It says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly community and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to him, reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruits. Somebody say evidence. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Nevei, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb, <laughs> then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Caleb was like, Listen, everybody shut up. Y'all shut up because y'all are spreading negative energy. Y'all are spreading negative vibes. And I just want us to know, y'all see this fruit? We be well able to overtake this land. Ever so often, you need somebody in your life who will tell your negativity, shut up. Shut up. But I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, what do you do when the negativity doesn't come from others, but the negativity comes from you? 
Yeah, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread, look at this, y'all. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. Our clause of concern and the verse that I believe is going to serve us greatly on tonight lives in the latter part of verse 33 where this biblical narrative tells us this. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight. Can somebody say our own? We seem like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we look the same to them. Church family, after just looking at this biblical narrative and studying this, one can't help but wonder and ponder and formulate this particular question after what we just read. Who told them that? Who, who told them that they look like grasshoppers? Because I'm reading the Bible. Y'all reading it with me. I don't see nowhere in the text where the Nephilim said the children of Israel look like grasshoppers to us. There's no, no chapter in Numbers. There's not one book out of the 39 books in the Old Testament. There's not one book out of the 27 books in the New Testament that I could find that is recorded with the Nephilim saying they look like grasshoppers to us. So I can't help but ask the question, who told them that? Who, who, who told them that? Let's personalize this to where you feel it. Who told you that? Who told you that your past is too bad? Who told you that you made too many screw-ups, that you made too many unwise choices, that God can't use you if you wouldn't have done this, if you wouldn't have done that? Who told you that? Who told you that you always ruin stuff? You always mess everything up. You're hard to love. See, this is why they left. This is why they left. This is why he left. Who told you that? Can we talk on tonight? This is how we starting off the new year. Please understand this. You can't make somebody love you by giving them more of what they already don't appreciate. Did y'all hear what I just said? If they don't appreciate you, Giving more of you to them is not going to cause for them to love you because you can't make somebody love you by giving more of what they already don't appreciate. Sometimes their departure is prayer answered. <laughs> Can I mess y'all up really quick? Sometimes the answer to your prayer is revealed by what left. Y'all listen, if we starting off this series like this, all signs are pointing that the Holy Spirit is going to make sure that this new series is fuego. <laughs> this new series is going to be fire. Sometimes the answer to your prayer is revealed by what left. Yeah, you want to heal? Well, this has got to go. You, you want to get stronger? Well, that has got to go. You want to break free from that addiction? He has got to go. You want to overcome drinking and getting faded and turning up one time for the one time? Then she has got to go. Oh, you want to trust me? 
You want to grow in the Lord? You want me to give you faith without borders where you can walk upon the waters where the Spirit will ever lead you? You want to have that type of faith? Oh, then I'm going to have to remove that because your faith is in this resource, not the source. Yeah, you want to grow in me, I'm going to put you in a situation where I remove the very thing that is limiting your growth. Because you cannot become in the same environment where you got sick. Preach Holy Spirit. You cannot engage in spiritual metamorphosis. You cannot engage in a spiritual evolution in the same environment and in the same place where you got sick. And a lot of us are asking God to cleanse us and heal us from our sickness, but we don't want him to remove the very thing in the very place that's causing for us to be sick. Oh, yeah, I'm coming for this, your throat, coming for this. (laughs) What if I told you that one sign, one sign and one way for us to take a step in the direction of healing is when we shift from viewing them as an enemy to viewing it as a lesson. One step in the direction of healing is when we shift from viewing them as the enemy, but rather we view them as an answered prayer. This is an answered prayer. I I prayed, God, if this is not your will, remove this from me, and he did it. This is the time where God is calling you higher, and he wants to take you deeper. He's calling you higher, and he wants to take you deeper. He's calling you higher, and he wants to take you deeper. This is for somebody, 2021, I want to take you higher, and I want to take you deeper. But what we're going to have to do is make sure that we stop trying to reopen doors that God has closed in the name of needed closure. We're going to have to make sure that we stop trying to reopen the things that God closed in the name of needed closure. Who told you that? Who who told you that nobody's going to read this book that you're about to write? If God gave you the gift, birth it. Who told you that nobody is going to listen to that podcast that you're about to record? If God gave you the gift, record it. Who told you that nobody's going to listen to this album that you're about to record? If God gave you the gift and you're doing it for his glory, birth it. Who told you that you look like a grasshopper? Who, who told you that? I'm trying to get us to understand that you're uncertain, yes. You're nervous, yes. Giving God your scared, yes. God can do more with your uncertain yes than you can with your confident hustle. Did y'all hear me? God can do more with your yes than you can with your grind. God can do more with your yes than you can with your networking. God can do more with your yes than you can with your hustle. Because obedience opens doors that you never had to knock on. And there's just a level of favor. Favor will get you in rooms that hustling can't. God is looking for those who are willing to render their yes. Here's my yes. I don't understand it. I'm coming to 2021 saying, listen, this is my year. Maybe the problem with that statement is we still are viewing things as yours versus you being a wise steward. Everything you own has been loaned to you. My health is not mine. I'm just a steward over it. My wealth is not mine. I'm just a steward over it. This year is not mine. I'm just a steward over what God wants me to steward. Maybe we have to be free from viewing things like ours and start viewing things as he is. Somebody say, I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward. Who told you you would never be free from this? 
Who told you you would never get over this? See, you logged on tonight because you thought that you were just going to get a New Year's Day message or a new series that just starting off telling you, okay, this is your resolution. This is not just a service, y'all. This is a delivery unit. There's some stuff on the inside of you that God wants you to give birth to. And I'm taking on the nature of a spiritual midwife. And the Holy Spirit is going to be our OBGYN. There's some stuff you have to give birth to. You have to give birth to it because your community needs it. You have to give birth to it because the nation needs it. You have to give birth to it because your family needs it. You have to give birth to it because your bloodline needs it. You have to give birth to it because the nation, the world needs it. But you cannot effectively change the world if you don't first let me change you who told you that who 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 told you that for all all of my overthinkers in the room one way to go to war with overthinking is when all these thoughts begin to flood your mind ask yourself the question who told me this and what you'll identify sometimes you can't name a person and if you can't name a person it's all in your head who told you that well, I just feel, do you have a name for me? I'm waiting for a name. Like, I'm waiting. Y'all watching me? I'm, I'm waiting for a name. <laughs> and even if you can give me a name, are they the name above every name? People don't have the final say. Who told you that? And if God didn't tell you that, why are you believing that? And we have to get to a place where we stop letting the enemy talk us out of our bright future because he keeps bringing up our dark past. If the enemy keeps bringing up your past, it must mean he's running out of new material. It must mean he's running out of new information. And the reason why certain people keep talking about the old you is because they're still the old them. Preach Holy Spirit. I told you before, this is why it usually comes from people closest to you and your family because growth always agitates the stagnant. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. Growth always agitates the stagnant because when they recognize that we both came from the same place, but when I look at where you are compared to where I am, it reveals to me I've been lazy in an area. It reveals to me the potential I could have. So sometimes they have so much to say because your growth agitates their laziness. You're always going to have an argument. You're always going to have an argument when average when ordinary and extraordinary get in the room. Extraordinary is always going to have a problem with ordinary. And as we start this sermonic journey on tonight in this brand new series, I want you to ask yourself this question from looking at this text. Which one are you looking at more? The fruit of the land or the giants in the land, which is causing for you to view yourself as a grasshopper? God, you are awesome. We thank you for this moment in time where we could dissect your word. All the study means nothing. If you are magnified, if you are glorified, would you flood this atmosphere, oh God, and have us be a room right now of believers where we don't just hear the word, but we believe it and apply it. Anoint me as your oracle, as your PA system in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put a man in the room? Amen. We seemed as grasshoppers in our own sight, and we looked the same to them. Tonight, we are starting a brand new series entitled World Changer. World Changer. World Changer. But as we begin this conversation for part one, I want to speak around this thought from this subject just for a few moments. Who told you that? 
Who told you that? Because I cannot effectively change the world while also listening to wrong voices. Who told you that? And like I stated, week after week, I'm just a man who believes that there is death and life in the power of the tongue. So I'm going to make you use your tongue and your fingers. I'm going to make you speak this confession, and I want you to also type it in the room in all caps. You do not have the right to not participate. Everybody, drop this in the room in all caps. I want us to say, God, help me see me the way you see me. Open the eyes of my heart. One more time. Somebody needs that because you see yourself via the lens of your past. You see yourself via the lens of your mistakes. God, help me see me the way that you see me. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I've discovered, I've discovered one of the secrets to being a world changer. One of the secrets to being successful is not only tied to discipline, obedience, and consistency. Those attributes are needed, but there's another attribute that often goes, over, that often goes overlooked and underpreached when it comes to being successful. Rather, that's successful with your health. Rather, that's success in your marriage. Y'all finally like each other again. Y'all smiling again. 2020 was a year, but y'all went from divorce papers to vacation packages. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Success in your marriage again. Or success with paying off debt. A marriage announcement. A, the arrival of a newborn baby. All of those are celebratory things. But let us not also forget to celebrate that friend who is dieting and losing weight. Let's celebrate that too. Yeah, let, let, let's not forget to celebrate that one individual who left a toxic relationship and they're doing everything they can to heal from that trauma and that abuse. Yeah, let's celebrate that as well. Let's celebrate the person who doesn't feel single and lonely, but they're maximizing that season. Let's celebrate that as well. Let's celebrate those who went back to school to get their degree, their GED, or whatever it may be. Let's celebrate that as well. See, I, I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we have forgotten what I attempted to teach us before, that there is, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, there is a God-given task that which we should be occupied with. So success for me is occupying whatever that God-given task is for this season. Culture's view of success and kingdom's view and the kingdom view of success are not synonymous. Success for me is what is it that I need to occupy right now? What task does God need me to occupy today? And if I'm occupying it, I'm successful. What task does God need me to occupy this week? And if I'm being occupied with that, that is success. <laughs> it redefines success. And when we don't understand this, it causes us to not be able to discern a win. And a lot of us, gosh, a lot of us are mislabeling victories. <laughs> You're labeling it as a loss, but it really is a victory. You know why? Because we thought that victories are always followed by happiness. We thought that victory... It's followed by somebody celebrating you and applauding you and saying, that's my dude. I see you. We thought that's what victory looks like. We thought that victory is by the ref holding up our hand as we just annihilated our contender and I'm now the heavyweight champion of the world. We thought that's what victory looks like. We thought that victory is somebody handing us a trophy and saying, congratulations, you won. 
if that's victory, um, explain to me Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This text is saying while Jesus was on the cross, this is what victory looked like. I wonder how many of us will never experience true victory because we don't want to get like this. Jesus is showing this is what victory looks like because I'm occupying that God-given task. And right now, victory looks like I'm losing. But this is really victory. He's showing us this is what purpose does. When you want to live a life of purpose, purpose stretches you. And I wonder if there's anybody watching this message or listening to this podcast that has said, God, I want to be successful and I want to be actively involved in my purpose. But you keep arguing with people who try to stretch you. You keep resisting people who try to stretch you because this is what purpose looks like. You being stretched. <laughs> And if we don't understand this, we will end up mislabeling a victory. Because if you lost them, but you found you and God, that's not an ill, that's victory. If the relationship failed, but from it, you developed the prayer life. Y'all not talking to me. <laughs> that's not an ill, that's really victory. If you didn't get the promotion... And you didn't get the position, but you learned character, integrity, and discipline along the way. That's not an L. You really won. If that's not what God had for you and he has something greater, that's not really an L. You really won. If the financial floodwaters rose unexpectedly, which caused for you to be more innovative with your gift and heighten your dependency on heaven, that's not really a loss. That's really a victory because sometimes limitation is the breeding ground of innovation. Did y'all hear what I just said? Limitation is the breeding ground of innovation. Sometimes I believe God has this supply and demand type of methodology. There's a supply I put in you and the earth is demanding for it, but you're being lazy with it. So I'm going to put a weight on you, which will cause the supply to ooze out of you because there are people who demand what I put on the inside of you. You're not going to be lazy. I have a supply and demand type of methodology. Have you mislabeled your victory? There is a mystery in victory. It's not always tied to discipline, obedience, and consistency. Those are all needed. But another attribute that many of us overlook that helps us to be an effective world changer and helps us to be successful with our gift is when we have the ability to discern who not to listen to. I'm going to clap right there just in case y'all don't clap. I, I need to be able to have enough discernment where I know who not to listen to. Who do you listen to? The people who are saying, we are not able to conquer these people. They're giants in the land. Or do you listen to Caleb who's like, listen, they talking what they want to talk. But I know we be well able. We can overtake this. We can conquer this because God has promised this land to us. And one way that you can be an effective world changer is when you have learned who not to listen to. I can't speak for anybody else, but I've arrived to this place where I want some oily friends. 
I, I want an oily circle. I want to be surrounded by people who have some oil on them. How about your whole squad oily? Because the anointing breaks yokes. Every time we get together, we break in something. Every time you hang around with your girl, she breaks something off you. Every time you hang around your homie, you break something off him. Because the anointing breaks yokes. And like I stated before, when you are oily, you become slippery. Depression can try to hold me, but it really can't because I'm too oily. Suicide can try to hold me, but it really can't. Because because I'm too oily. Doubt can try to hold me, but I really can't because I'm too oily. I need to have an oily word. I don't want to just hear some Google plagiarized message. I need to hear a word. Powerless pulpits creates powerless pews. Let's modernize this. Powerless streaming creates powerless viewers. <laughs> I need some power. I need a Caleb in my life who knows how to shut me up when I'm speaking the language of defeat. I need to have a Naomi in my life who talks me into getting into a field where I'm going to get blessed instead of having an Eve type of effect where I have a snake in my ear that keeps causing me to extend forbidden fruit. Who is in your ear? Because whoever's in your ear will impact your sight. Did y'all hear me? Whoever is in your ear will impact your sight because how they speak is tied to how they see. And how you see is tied to who's speaking into you. All of us are a byproduct of the level of teaching we sit under. And I need to receive a word from an individual, from a friend, pastor, leader, mentor that has the ability to see things that I may not necessarily see. I need to have friends who see fruit in the midst of giants. Because how they speak is tied to how they see. And how you see it's tied to who is speaking to you. This is so good, y'all. Let me give you Bible. Look at this. Let me give you Bible. This is verse 31 of our foundational text. It says, but the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. These people are speaking based on how they see. That they're speaking and spreading a bad report based on how they see. And if you're going to be a world changer, I need you to get to a place where God, help me see the way you see this. Help me get to a place where I see my gift the way you see my gift. Help me get to a place where I see my child the way that you see my child. Help me get to a place to where I view my husband the way you view my husband. Help me get to a place where I view my singleness the way that you view my singleness. Help me get to a place where I view my wife the way that you view my wife. Because how I see is tied to who is speaking into me. This is so good, y'all. Who told you that? And if I could be open and honest, I know what it feels like to be stuck due to your mindset. I know what it feels like to be stuck due to your thoughts. I was stuck between upload and shutdown. Can I use myself? I was stuck between taking a risk or staying in my comfort zone. I was stuck between the crossroads of even if and what if. What if no one subscribes? What if no one watches? What if, what if, what if no one listens? What if, what if no one likes it? What, what if nobody shares it? What if is a native language of fear? 
is a, it is a native language of fear. And some of us have been in the Alcatraz of fear for so long that we immediately criticize those who aren't wearing the same prison uniform. <laughs> They're on a uniform. And anybody who's bold enough to jump, bold enough to believe, and bold enough to try, and bold enough to believe that they can conquer those giants, we despise ourselves because of their faith, and it comes out in the form of criticism. I was stuck. I was stuck because I, all I knew was I love God, and, and, I, and I love his people. But what if nobody watches the sermon? What, what, what if nobody watches this first webisode? Can I use myself? What, what if what I think is good, other people don't think is good? And it, it's possible it's possible for us to continue to live in what if and never see the power of the even if. Because even if, that's where the faith is. Yeah, yeah. Even if I got to this place that caused me to push upload to where I said, you know what? Even if I fail, it is better that I learned how to swim in unknown waters than for me to drown and die in the graveyard of my excuses. Even if, even, even if, even if this doesn't work, I want to be able to know at least I attempted to do something in faith versus being tormented on what if it ever would have happened. Even if is where the faith is. And sometimes we constantly keep on comparing ourselves. I'm comparing my behind the scenes to everybody's highlight reel, which causes for me to minimize my milestones and billboard my screw-ups. So powerful, y'all. I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and press upload. You wouldn't be watching this message on the night if way back in 2014 when my wife and I first started doing webisodes, when we first started doing ministry, I decided, you know what, this is not going to be good. I'm never going to upload it. But who told me that? Nobody but myself. And a lot of us, you're tormented. You can't sleep. You have no joy. You have no vision. Not because God is not speaking to you. Not because you don't have any gifts and talents, but because you keep talking yourself out of what God is trying to talk you into. Who told you that? Now listen, I, I don't want to just give you hype. I want, I want to give you some handles, okay? So I, I believe the way we, we really, really change this around is that we have to understand that we have automatic thoughts, we have filter thoughts, and we have core beliefs, Okay? So I want you guys to see this. This right here is going to be symbolic of our core beliefs, okay? You have the mailbox of your heart, the mailbox of your mind. This is your core belief, okay? In the middle of your core belief, this is your filtered thoughts, all right? Can I get everybody to say automatic thoughts, filter thoughts, Core belief. Okay, now, I, I want us to get this. Look, a lot of times, the reason, the reason we don't have any filter thoughts is because we have no core beliefs. Your automatic thoughts reveals your wound. Your filter thoughts is when your core beliefs and your automatic thoughts go to war. So powerful, y'all. So if I don't have any core belief, I won't have any filter station to go to war with that automatic thought because there's a lot of messages that the enemy has for you. And so he'll put 
in the mailbox of your heart, you're no good. You know what? Your past is too bad. <laughs> you got mail. Y'all see this? <laughs> you, have, you have too much drama in your life. You, you're, you're never going to heal f- from that trauma. You, you're, you're never going to get over that divorce. You, you're never going to heal from that pain. You, you're never going to get over that anxiety. And I got a lot of stuff from childhood. I'm putting all of this stuff in the mailbox of your heart. And a lot of us don't know how to fight because we have no filtered area. The only way I can have a filtered area is I got to have a core belief. I, I have to have a core belief. Look, look, look. I want you guys to see this. The word of God has to be my core belief. So when the automatic thoughts come, before they could ever go over to the mailbox in my heart, I can filter them with the word of God. All of these messages I'm getting, I can filter it from the word of God where I can see if, you know what, does this message align itself with the word of God? But if you don't have the word of God as your core belief, you don't have any filter station. No, no wonder all of these things can get in your heart. No wonder all of these worries can get in your mind. No wonder all these insecurities and all of this pride. No wonder all this stuff can get in your mind. And then you wonder why you can't shut off your mind at night. You wonder why you, you can't shut off overthinking. Could it be it's because your mind is filled with every automatic thought with every negativity with every outlook of you being a grasshopper with every insecurity with every failure with all of your traumas so now no wonder at night you can't shut off your mind because it's so filled up with thoughts (laughs) look let, let, let me show you how this works if I have this okay I have the word of God as my core belief so what we're going to do is we're going to take all of this stuff out we're going to take all of this filtered all of this, these mindsets, all of these messages out of my mind. Get them all out. And I'm going to put the word of God here. Can I get somebody clapping for the word of God? I'm going to put the word of God here. Okay. All right. Um, so when, when a negative message comes my way and it says, okay, your past is too bad. Your past is too bad. We're going to try to get this to go in your heart. It can't because it runs into your core belief. Hmm. Let me go to my filter station. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is a new creature, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. This can't go into my core belief because the core belief is the word. That has to be cast down. I'm casting down every imagination that doesn't align itself with the word of God. Okay? Then you, then you have somebody sliding your DMs, and they try to remind you of all the stuff you did, and, and you start to struggle with, am I forgiven? And before it tries to go into the mailbox of your heart, it arrives at your filter thoughts because you have a core belief of the word of God. So you're like, okay, but, but 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I could cast that thought down because it doesn't align itself with the word of God. And then sometimes we begin to think that that mistake was too bad, and we actually begin to mislabel that mistake as I'm a mistake. And it will try to come over to your core beliefs, but oh, since you have a core belief of the word of God, it has to stop at the filter station. The filter station, the core belief tells me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I could cast 
cast down that thought because it doesn't align itself with the word of God. And the reason I can have a filter station is because the word of God is my core belief. Let's just say you have some more thoughts that come on your, your life and just how lonely you are. And before they can enter your heart, they first have to stop right here at the filter thoughts. Why? Because I have the core belief of the word of God. So, yeah, I'm lonely, but Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I can cast down those thoughts because they don't align themselves with the word of God. And then sometimes you begin to think that you jacked up. And so those thoughts come to your mind, the how jacked up you are. But they keep on clashing because I have the word of God in my heart. And then now I can go to this filter station. And I say, okay, what does the word of God say about me being jacked up? Um, Psalms chapter 139 verse 14, it says, I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. For all, are, for all are your wonderful works you have created. My soul knows it very well. I can cast this down. I can cast all these negative thoughts down. I can cast all of them down. Why? Because I have a core belief of the word of God. And so when the enemy tries to flood your mind with negativity, I need you to have so much word in your heart. I need you to have so much prayer in your heart that you're closed to what the enemy's trying to send your way. This is so good, y'all. <laughs> I'm closed. And now what I could do to the world is I got a message. You got mail. I, I got a message. Hey, if you ever have been doubtful, I have a core belief that helps me overcome my doubts. If you ever been insecure, I have a core belief that helps me overcome my insecurity. If you ever feel that God has abandoned you, I have a core belief. And now I can spread the message to the world. I'm trying. <laughs> I could spread the message to the world, but it starts with me having the word of God in the mailbox of my heart, which is my core belief. You have your filtered thoughts, your automatic thoughts. You have your automatic thoughts, your filtered thoughts, and your core belief. If you don't have any core belief, you'll always give in to the automatic thoughts. And I wonder, does this how your mind look? Thought after thought after thought after thought after doubt after doubt after doubt after doubt. Message after message after message after message after message after message. And your mind will never shut off. And I'm trying to help you on the night. Before you can effectively become a world changer, the way to shut that off, get the word of God in your heart. How does a man keep his how does a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to the word. I have hid thy word in my heart so that I may not sin against thee. This is powerful. How does, how does Caleb look at the same thing that they're looking at but end up speaking a different language? <laughs> how can two people see the same thing but one person sees an obstacle? while the other person sees an opportunity. How is it one person can hear the beautiful message of the gospel, surrender their life to Jesus and change, and somebody else can hear the exact same message, get offended, and live a life offensive to the gospel? Hmm. 
I remember I, I was speaking to this about my wife um, a few months ago. I used to always pray, I want the presence of God. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence of God. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence of God in my mind. I want, I want the presence of God on the stream. And I want, I want the presence of God in the church. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence of God in my marriage. Hey, I want the presence of God in my soul. I want the presence. I want the presence. I want the presence. Until God reveals something to me. This might mess your theology up. It's more than my presence. Because if you read the Bible, there were people who, in Je- who were in Jesus' presence, but they did not change. It's more than just the presence. What I really want is I want to believe. The miracle happens when we're in his presence and we believe. Powerful things can happen, church family, if we start believing again. Believe is in the Bible over 200 times. If we believe, oh, we can see the miraculous. If we believe, we'll see God show off. If we believe, we'll see God blow our minds. If we believe, worship will go to another level. If we believe, we'll have breakthrough. If we believe, we'll have community. If we will believe, we'll experience world-changing events because we are believers. Maybe that's why you're called a believer. (laughs) it's more than just the presence of God because the Pharisees were in Jesus' presence, but they did not change. This is how one person could be watching me live and falling asleep and another person could be in tears because the presence of God is magnified by if you believe. I'm going to give you more Bible, y'all. I'm going to give you more Bible. This is just the year of believing the Bible. Look at this. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said... To him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? John chapter 20, verse 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. If you study the Bible, the people that Jesus rebuked the most were the Pharisees and those who did not believe. Caleb believed. The same God that caused for me to stop making bricks without straw. The, the, the same God that caused for us to go through the Red Sea. Because you see, belief enhances faith. And when you have faith, it causes for you to reflect on the last time God came through clutch. Yeah, I, I, I remember... The time when Pharaoh was behind me and the Red Sea was in front of me and I didn't know how we were going to make it. But I just believe if God got me through that, if God got me over that divorce, if God got me over that molestation, if God got me over that addiction, if God got me over that trial, why would God start failing me now? You know what? We'd be well able because he began to reflect. And this is something I want you to consider. The giants were not in the wilderness. They were in the promise. Why would would the enemy place giants in the promised land versus in the wilderness? It's because giants are for intimidation purposes only. They're for intimidation purposes only. I'm going to take a little further. Anytime you see a giant, it is irrefutable evidence that this is yours. 
financial giant, health giant, whatever you may be facing, giants pop up when you're about to enter into a promise. And I place giants there for intimidation purposes. This is why it's, problems, this is why it's problematic if we keep on walking around with fear because you'll run from every giant, which is really your promotion. This is really your promotion. David defeating Goliath was really his promotion. Do you run from your financial giants? Do you run from your surprise giants? Your heartache giants? Giants are placed there by the enemy for intimidation purposes only. What did Caleb have that everybody else didn't have that caused for him to believe we be well able? overtake this the Bible says he had a different spirit he, he, he had a different spirit and he believed numbers chapter 14 verse 22 because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Caleb had a different spirit. What was different about him? He had faith. He had faith and he had surrender. I don't have time to break down all the stuff that I want to show you on the night. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up that on, on Thursday. But I want us to get to a place to where we recognize maybe I'm walking away from things that are really mine and I should ask myself the question, who told me that? Who told me I'm not good enough? Who told me it won't happen? Who told me I'm too filthy? Maybe it's the enemy. Maybe it's you. Or maybe it's somebody who doesn't see you the way that God sees you. But our prayer on a night is, God, give me eyes to see me the way that you see me. Open the eyes of my heart because I want to see you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.